to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have your Bible, you can find your place there in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 5. The book of Isaiah, chapter number 5. I do want to deal with a topic today, something I've entitled, The Five Sins of Israel. The Five Sins of Israel. And I understand that Israel had a lot more sins. And we also want to make that application of the fact that Israel is a type of the church. We know that God loves Israel. God has always loved Israel. And Israel will always have a special place in the heart of God. But right now, Israel's eyes are blinded so they cannot see, spiritually speaking. And God has turned to the Gentiles, which are us. If you are a non-Jew, you are a Gentile, and has given us care of the gospel. But with that, we have a responsibility to realize that God turned his back on Israel because of sin, and he will do the same thing for us. So as we go through the podcast today, here in the book of Isaiah chapter number five, I would like for us to examine our lives and see if we have these things in our lives, because the last thing that we want is for God to turn away from us. And I believe that I can take the scriptures and show you that today. So let's start reading in the book of Isaiah, chapter number five. I want to begin reading in verse number one and read down to verse number seven. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vines and built a tower in the midst thereof and also made a wine press there. And he looked that it should have bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. Of course, this is a type of God taking his people and setting them apart and blessing them and giving them something that they could not obtain on their own. And what they did was they took the blessings of God and turned it into a sinful life. Let's pick up our reading in verse number three. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I should, that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of the host is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plants. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry. And so here we see a beautiful picture as God paints often in the Word of God. He uses a vineyard as a type of his people, and he's blessed them, and he set them apart. But in the midst of that, they've done contrary to what it is God wants them to do. And what I want to do is I want to pull five things out of the book of Isaiah chapter 5, that we can see that these people that Israel did against God. And what I want to do is I want to compare them to our lives. And as we're going through here, we're not going to look at Israel, but we're going to look at ourselves. And we're going to analyze ourselves because we don't want these sins in our lives. Because it's very clear 
that God has built a hedge around this per, these people, just as he has done for us, and we don't want him to take that hedge down. So let's look in verse number eight. Let's look in verse number eight, and we'll, we'll begin our study. Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. The first sin that I see here is the sin of greed. Look at what they're doing. They lay field to field. They're wanting more and more. They, they've bought one piece of property, and now they want the piece of property next to them, and then they want the piece of property next to them. And the Bible says, till there be no place. They want to own it all. They want everything. I remember a story one time of a man who said, the only piece of property I want is the one beside mine. And basically what he was saying was, I want to own the whole world. And instead of just being satisfied with the blessings that God has given us and in the place that God has placed us, oftentimes we find in our lives that we want more and more and we're not satisfied. And what that is, is that's a sin against God. It's a sin of greed, of sitting there going, if I had, if I could, if there was a way, God, would you please bless me with this? And what he did was he put us all in a place. He put us all in a place with the blessings and the benefits he wanted us to have to be able to serve him to full capacity. And instead of being satisfied with where it is that God has us, we find ourselves getting greedy and wanting more, and not being satisfied with the blessings of God. Number two is going to be found in verse number 11. So the first sin is going to be greed, but number two is going to be found in verse number 11. Woe unto them that rise up early. You'll notice all of these things start with woe unto them. As you study your Bible, you want to look for patterns that are produced through the Word of God, and you can take and you can you can do your studies that way and look at the Word of God contextually speaking. He uses woe unto them every time he pronounces one of these sins or one of these judgments. Verse number 11, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink that continue until night, until wine inflame them. The second sin that we see here is the sin of drinking, that sin of consuming something that the body does not need. The first thing we're going to notice is that they get up early in the morning and begin to start there. And a lot of times, God, God has designed man, women, boys, and girls to have some sort of work ethic within them to accomplish some sort of task. But these people do not accomplish a task. Instead, they get up first thing in the morning, and they begin to drink. And the reason they're drinking is because the blessings of God Nothing that they had achieved on their own, but the blessings of God have put them in a place where they can financially be able to take days off at a time, and instead of taking time off to serve God, they're taking time off to enjoy sin. And you say, well, I'm not drinking, so this is not, this is not pertaining to me. Well, let's just look at our own lives and say, hey, when I've got time off, what am I doing? Am I being... Am I being expedient about proclamating the gospel? Am I taking the time that I have and using it wisely? Or instead, am I just laying around and lounging around? And there's nothing wrong with taking a day off. There's nothing wrong with a vacation. But sometimes I feel like the blessings of God have put us in a place where we've become lazy. And instead of getting diligently busy about doing the work of God, we find ourselves sitting around and doing nothing. 
as it's often been said, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And what happens is, as you become idle, you begin to follow the wrong things. You begin to entertain the wrong thoughts. You begin to go the wrong way. You begin to hang out with the wrong people. And you go to the places that God is not glorified in. Instead, what's happening is we're glorifying our flesh because we're spending our time because we've been so blessed wasting the precious time that God has for us. And notice what it says at the end of, ver- end of the verse, verse number 11. It says, till wine inflame them. And what happens is that strong drink has taken control of their lives. That strong drink has taken them to a place that they did not want to be. These people loved God at one time. These people served God with all their heart at one time. But the blessings of God had put them in a place where instead of being thankful, they were greedy and they began to entertain sin constantly and they were inflamed by it. Inflamed, they were just taken over. They were consumed by it. And what happened was they found themselves in a place where the judgment of God was about to rain down on them because instead of enjoying the blessings and the benefits of God, they turned it in to entertaining sin in their lives and it was going to cost them the fellowship and the protective hand of God. Then let's move quickly to verse number 11. Verse number 11. The Bible says, woe unto them. I'm sorry, not verse number 11. Verse number 18. Verse number 11 was drinking. We're going to go to verse number 18. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin, as it were, with a cart rope. Remember that woe unto them. What these people are doing here is they are literally dragging sin everywhere they go. They're dragging it not just in their personal private life, but they're dragging it out in the public. Look at what it says. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin, as it were, with a cart rope. They're carrying this stuff around, and they see it, and everybody else sees it. Not only not only affecting their testimony for the work of God, but affecting others' testimony for the work of God. If you have got open sin in your life and you are not living correctly, don't go around telling everybody that you love Jesus. Get alone with God somewhere in a bedroom or a closet or a vehicle or find you a place out in the woods. And I'm not saying go out in the woods and get lost. I'm saying find you a place alone and confess it to God. But don't be dragging sin everywhere. We're in the day, we are in the day in 2022 of justifying everything we do and somehow spiritualizing every single thing. You know what the men of, you know what the men of old did? The men of old worked, they prayed, and they read their Bible, and they were light years ahead of where we're at. We have so much access to so much study, and we cannot, we cannot grasp what it is that we have. The men of old were not men that were, that were extremely educated, but they knew the basic principles of living the Christian life, and they didn't just go around in open rebellion before God. These people here that you find in verse number 18, Isaiah chapter number 5, they knew what was right. But what they'd done was in open rebellion, they had justified their sin before God, and it was going to cost them the protective hand of God in their life. Now, how many times in our lives do we have something that creeps up 
And instead of dealing with it and going, wait a minute, this is either right or wrong in the eyes of God, we justify it and say, well, the way I see it, God probably is not too upset with this. If it is sin, God is and always will be upset with it. And what it really turns into is not the fact that we have some little petty sin, but it's the fact that we are living in open rebellion before God. Verse number 20 for point number four. Verse number 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now here we have an illustration of what I'm going to title the false teacher. The false teacher. Now this is what happens. This is what happens when you get under when you get into rebellion. You start to find a group of people that you can run with that will justify you the way you're living. And so what these people do is they call evil good and good evil. It doesn't matter. That's one of the, the statements that they make. A God is love. It doesn't matter. Yes, God is love. But don't forget the same God that loved the whole world, flooded the whole world, and killed everybody but eight souls. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't see God doing that. God did that. Don't forget the God that loved the whole world cast fire and brimstone out of heaven and burned up cities. And you say, well, I don't understand that. Well, it's because God has a basic plan for mankind. Either live right and enjoy the blessings of God or live wrong and live under the judgment hand of God. But what these people do, what Israel did, what we do is we find somebody to justify the way we're living and they say, oh, it's it's evil, but it's actually good. You can use it for the benefit of God. You have to, you have to be among them to help them. These are the same people that'll go, oh boy, I'm getting off. I'm starting to run a little rabbit trail here. But these are the same people that'll go to the bar and try to win people to Jesus. Jesus never wanted us to go to a bar where there's drinking and immorality and wild, crazy music. Jesus said this. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And, but these false teachers, they'll convince you that, hey, it's all right. The way I see it, it doesn't matter, and it does matter because what happens is if we're not careful as Christians, we'll get in rebellion. Then we'll find a false teacher, and before long, we'll find ourselves so far away from God it's going to take us a year to get back because we've done built up so much stuff in our lives. Don't forget the principle of sowing and reaping in the Word of God. This is the thing we don't understand. We think that at any moment, at any moment, we can just fall down and ask God to forgive us, and He will, and He will forgive you. The problem is if you've done wrong consistently for so long, you've got to deal with the with the fruit that's going to come up as a result of those wrong seeds you planted. And that fruit could be in your family, and it could be in your future, because what's happening is, instead of following the Word of God and the man of God, we've got to a point where we're following false teachers, and it's separating us from God. And then lastly, in verse number 21, "'Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight.'" Now, this is an interesting person here. This is an interesting person, an interesting Christian, an interesting saved or lost person. You can put it into whatever category you want to put it into. 
But this is pride, is what this is. After God has went through all of these, these problems, these sins, these separations that these people had, you know what they said? I'm still wise in my own eyes. I'm still prudent. I'm still right in their own sight. They compare themselves among themselves and say, hey, if he does it and he loves God, then it's okay for me to do it. The problem is, you, the only thing that you can line your life up with is the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it doesn't line up with God. I'm not to, my Christianity is not based on what somebody else does. My Christianity is based and lined up with the Word of God. But what these people here have done is they've gotten so full of pride. They believe they're right with God. They believe they can live in open sin and get down and pray, and God will hear them. And what that is is that's full-blown hypocrisy at the highest level because you cannot intermingle sin and God. You're not going to intermingle a sinful life with a prayer-filled life. You're not going to intermingle a sinful life with a godly life. They won't, they won't mix. It's like trying to put oil and water together. You can spin it up, but let it set for a minute, and it'll separate. And the whole problem comes down to verse number 24. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flames consume the chaff, so their root shall be rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. If the Bible says it, it's right. If the Bible doesn't say it, it's wrong. It's very simple. We live by the word of God. And what we need to realize in our Christian life is that these sins that Israel, God's chosen people, committed are very relevant in our life, too, and we could commit the same thing. But we have to realize, we have to realize the cost and the consequences that we're going to have to pay. I want you to go to verse number five, and we're going to read it. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do with my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. What's going to happen in our lives is God is going to remove that, that blessed hedge of protection, and the enemy is going to come in and destroy us. And we have to realize that these sins are not just affecting us, but it's affecting our future and our family.